So the guy that was just on the screen, his name is Jit. And Jit, uh, like he said, is from South Africa. Now, something unique about him is Jit actually, like he said in the video, had the opportunity when he was a student to come here to Hume Lake. And he realized when he was here um, that as a believer, he needs to be on mission for Christ. He recognized and he said he, he felt the conviction that as a believer, it is my duty and my responsibility to, to share the good news with other people. And where he finds that is, is Matthew 28. And it's something that, a verse that a lot of you have probably already heard before. Uh, it's called the Great Commission. And it's, it's after Jesus uh, has raised from the dead and he, he finds his disciples. And his final words on earth to his disciples before he ascends to heaven are this. We find it in Matthew 28. Verse 18, it says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And because of that, it says, Go therefore. So because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, as we look at that verse, if you, if you call yourself a believer, that is something that you are called to obey. And it's this idea of living missionally minded. Because each and every one of us as believers has people in our lives that do not know the gospel. And as we think about this, this, this great commission, this idea of missions, it's so easy to get caught up in a few things of, of A, well, I'm not old enough to go. I'm not old enough to be a missionary. Or... Or B, I don't have the resources to, to be a missionary. I don't have the money. I don't have the skills. Or, or C, I don't even know where to start. And I want to just talk about that and even, um, you know, even clarify on some of those a little bit this morning. Of what does it mean as, as practically for you as a, as a student in junior high, a student in middle school, what does it mean to live on missions or to be a part of this, this greater idea of missions within the church? And the first thing I want to talk about is, is how each and every one of you guys is in fact called to be a part of missions. If you say you're a believer, you are not the exception. There is no exceptions because this verse in Matthew 28 is to each and every one of us and we all have a part in which we can play. And you might think, well, Harrison, I, you know, I, I don't know where to start. Again, I, I'm not old enough or you know, I'm not smart enough to, to be used by God. Or I don't know enough about the Bible to be used by God or to, to be on missions. I want to open up to, again to another scripture that I really love. It's in Luke chapter 8. And it starts in verse 26. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, I'm just going to read it for you guys anyways. And what happened is Jesus has just crossed the Sea of Galilee. He's calmed the storm. And, um, and he says this. In verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite of Galilee. And Jesus stepped off the boat and he stepped onto the land and there met him a man from the city who was demon-possessed. And for a long time, this man had worn no clothes. He had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. And he saw Jesus. He cried out and fell down before him and he said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. 
For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him, and he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven uh, by the demons into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. For the demons were many that had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. But a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let him enter the pigs. So he gave them the permission. And the demons came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake, and they drowned. And when the herdsmen saw what happened, they fled and told it into the city, into the country. Then the people went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus. They found the man who the demons had gone. And he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear. So Jesus got into the boat and returned. And the man from which the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done. Now, at first, you, you, you hear the story and you kind of go, Well, Harrison, what does this have to do with missions? Or what does this have to do with me? And I want to take a look at specifically the man that Jesus interacted with. Because this was a guy that everyone in that country, everyone in that city was afraid of. It said that, they would, that he was outcasted, that he would live in the outskirts, in the tombs of the city, in the caves. That people were so afraid of him that they would at times even bind, they would bind him in metal shackles. That they would try to contain him because they were afraid of this man. And Jesus approached even this man. Jesus healed this guy. He cleansed him of the demons that were inside of him. And then when this guy says, Jesus, let me come with you. Let me go where you go. He tells him no. And again, at first, at first glance, it's a very odd response to you. Why wouldn't Jesus say, yeah, you can come with me? But rather, Jesus looks at this man and he says, go back to the city which you came from. And proclaim my name. Proclaim what I have done for you. And the best part of the story is this guy goes, okay. And it says that he returned to his city and he told everyone what had happened. And as believers, we have the same story as this guy. If you are in Christ, you have a transformation in which your life has gone from death to life a truly a miracle in your life from being an enemy of God, a child of wrath to a son or a daughter of Christ is a miracle in your life. It is our duty as believers to share that miracle with other people and that is truly an, an impactful thing that you have. And so if you are a believer, you have one of the greatest tools to share the gospel and that is the transformation that has happened in your life. And the only requirement to be used by God is that you are a believer and that you are obedient to this call. Scripture says that we are equipped to do everything that he has called us to do. And if you think that you aren't smart enough, that you aren't good enough, you're not, maybe you don't think you're funny enough or cool enough, 
Well, the guy we just read about has all the more reason. This guy was literally filled with thousands of demons. And God still said, I can use you. You're not too young. You're not too new of a believer. This guy just experienced Jesus for the first time and is already saying, look how God changed my life. And you guys can do the exact same thing. And so I want you guys to know that God can use you too. You just have to be willing to tell someone, this is how God has changed my life. Now as we look even at the grander scheme of missions, you go, well Harrison, how, how do I get involved in missions? What, what do I do? Well again, I'd say the first thing, practically, how do, you, how do you share the good news with people? Learn the word of God. Dive into the Bible. The more you know about God, the more you know God personally, the more your heart will even have the greater desire to share the good news with people. It is contagious. It is, it is uncontrollable. The more you know about the living God, the more you know him intimately, the more you will want other people to know him as well. Second way, get plugged into a church that loves missions. If you came with a church, talk, talk to your youth pastor, talk to your counselor, say, how does our church play our part in missions? Is your church supporting missionaries? I, I 99% guarantee that they do. And if they don't, push them to do so. Every church should be a part of this grand scheme of missions because as an individual, you think about this, this commandment of go and to share the gospel with all nations and as an individual, it's overwhelming. That's why the Lord has created the body of Christ because this mission, the great commission, is just as much for the church as it is for the individual. Figure out with, with your church, who are the missionaries we support? How can I support them? Can I support them financially? Can I support them through prayer? And then for some of you guys, practically, how does it even look? It does, it does look of going overseas eventually and becoming a missionary in another country, going to the ends of the earth, going to, to regions where they have never heard the name of Christ before. That is, that is my hope, my prayer. That is the reality for some people in this room. But knowing that that does not make you any better or any different than everyone else. Because as Jid even says, he was convicted of his own backyard, he said. There are people that are believe there are people in my own city, in my own hometown that don't know the name of Christ. And so how do I how do I change that? And so he went back to his hometown with no resources, with no money, but just with faith, saying, I have to go back and I have to tell people about Christ, and the Lord will bless that. Many of you, like Brian said, have, a, have what he called even a mission field and you're under your own roof. You have brothers, sisters, parents that don't know who Christ is. Start there. And again, the best way to do it is say, hey, can I tell you how Christ changed my own life? How God has worked in my life? Sports teams, friends at school, friends in your own neighborhood, people in your own vicinity that don't know Christ. And so how do you, you know, how do you go on mission where you live and tell people about God? You guys have the ability to do it. Scripture in Timothy says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be the example in word, in deed, 
you guys get to set that example of what believers should look like on mission. What we're going to do this morning is I want to spend some time where you guys break off with your cabin or maybe you break off with another one of your cabins in your church or your church if that's what you guys want to do. And I want to just spend time in prayer for a couple different things. First, I want you guys to spend time in prayer for your own hearts, that your own hearts would break for the lost. It talks in scripture how the harvest is many, but the workers are few. Meaning there's, there is so many people out there whose hearts are ready to hear the word of God, but there's no one to share with them. That Romans talks about how, how will people come to know Christ if no one goes and tells them? Our hearts should break when we hear that. That the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And how will they, how will they hear if no one goes and tells them? It is our duty, it is our obligation as believers to share the good news of Christ. And so I want you guys to spend some time in prayer for your own hearts. Saying, God, would you break my heart for the lost? Would you give me a desire to share the good news with other people? A time, and then I would love to sp- that you guys would spend some time in prayer for your own churches, that they would be missionally minded. And then I would love for you guys to spend some time praying for the missionaries that are out and abroad right now. Because that is another way that as believers we can be supporting missions is by praying for missionaries. Missionaries like Jit, who's in South Africa in his own backyard. Missionaries, I have friends who are in Nepal right now that, that are training pastors to, to share the good news with the people of Nepal. Where in Nepal right now, it is illegal to share the gospel. And people there are literally being um, excommunicated from their families, disowned by their own parents because of the gospel. And they're saying, I've counted the cost. It is, it is worth it because people need to know what I have experienced. There's, there's missionaries in, in Papua New Guinea, in China, in Russia, in Ukraine, all over this world that are spreading the good news. And we get to partner with them as believers in prayer. And so three things this morning to pray for. Pray for your own heart that the Lord would work, do a work in it. Pray for your church as they support missionaries and that your church would even be uh, a church that is missionally minded, sending out missionaries, supporting missionaries. And then spend time this morning praying for the missionaries that are out there, even today, that are being persecuted because of their faith, because of what they are doing, that they would be empower them, that the Lord would empower them, and the Lord would be with them. Can we do that this morning? All right, I'm going to pray, and then I want you guys to find your counselor and find, find a spot around the meadow this morning where you guys can spend some time in prayer, and then we'll get on with our day. Let me pray. God, as we, as we open up your word this morning and look at this idea of missions, God, would you, would you break even my heart more for the lost? That God, that I would have a greater desire to share the good news with those who don't know. And Lord, would we count the cost of following you, knowing that as, as believers is our duty to share the gospel with everyone. Lord, would you, would you break everyone's heart for that? 
for the unbelievers as as we know that there are people out there ready to hear the gospel. And Lord, we be encouraged knowing that you equip us to do the good works. Lord, that in, in Matthew it says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. And because of that, you give us this charge to share the good news and that authority that you have, you have given to us and you empower within us through the Holy Spirit. So God, would you do a work in our lives? Break our heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Give us an eye for the lost, a heart for those who don't believe. And Lord, I even ask right now that you, in this room that you would even raise up some of these students that would be missionaries that go abroad to spread your word. Lord, would you, would you, would you give them that desire? Lord, we need, we need people to share your good news. So would even the junior hires and the middle schoolers and the counselors and the staff in this room feel that conviction? And will we be people that change the world for your kingdom and your glory? God, I love you. Would you help me to even love you more than I do? I pray these things in your name and your name alone. Amen.